the Joe Momo Presents Calgary Leader Series. And we are live. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan. Yeah, great, Joe. Great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Um, you're obviously the founder and president of Heavy Industries. So you guys are responsible for some of the well-known public artworks. But uh, before we jump into all of that, perhaps give us a little origin story, who, who Ryan is, what you're up to. Um, yeah. yeah, great. Yeah, like when I think origin, I think right back of where I grew up. So I'm a small town Manitoba boy. Uh, you know, grew up in a family that bled small town and farm values, you know, both my parents, uh, actually, you know, farmers themselves. And then they, they moved into kind of the world of having their own businesses from a very young age. So it's kind of an incubator for uh for myself and my my sisters and uh you know at a very young age i was helping my dad in his garage you know full i wouldn't even call it a garage more of a workshop full of tools and we're always you know renovating houses or you know working on cars or or some of the toys that i might have played around with when i was younger and uh i think you know like didn't really know it at the time but that combined with taking uh, some design school in in high school so i did like a design drafting program um, for the four years i was in high school and you know I, I became pretty good at being able to look at something and figure out how to you know ultimately solve a design problem and a lot of times i could do that in my head so at a young age i could figure stuff out you know and i even had a few businesses like building sub boxes for a, you know an audio visual store and you know, buying and selling random things out of the newspaper, you know, that was before any sort of, you know, you know, buy, I guess, online, um, like Facebook uh, marketplace would exist. And yeah, I really think that, you know, fast forward when I moved to Calgary to pursue an, an education, I met my, uh, you know, landlord um, just completely by chance through a friend that was getting her hair cut that uh, was my landlord's sister ultimately and he had a business that was selling cnc equipment and you know it was kind of he was doing 3d printing technology before 3d printing was really you know you hear that all the time now um so he was definitely a an early um you know starter on that and then he had the idea to start this company called heavy to showcase uh really what the equipment did and so you know, I, I was a natural fit for that because of my background. Um, he obviously saw that and the rest is history at, at the time we did, you know, I don't know if you remember in Calgary, but like Tantra nightclub, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, some 3d billboards, you know, some of the, um, RV dealerships that might have some theming in them. We, that was kind of how we started the business. And now today we've, uh, you know, moved well beyond that, but that's kind of how it all started. Which is like <laughs> kind of crazy. Some of those things didn't even come to mind until I started talking about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny how how things come to mind when you reflect back on your past. But exactly. Yeah, I'm always curious whenever I talk to other entrepreneurs and uh, business leaders. Did you always have the vision of having a business, um, or was that something you more fell into? I know you mentioned that you had the uh, kind of the lemonade stands type of kid selling stuff. Yeah. But did you always envision? having your own business one day? I don't know if I envisioned um, it very clearly. Um, you know, I, 
I remember a guidance counselor in, in high school when you're trying to plan what the heck you want to do after high school, you know, asked what I like to do. And I, I like the outdoors and I like camping and fishing and stuff like that. And I remember they recommended I, I should maybe look into being a conservation officer. And that was a hard no. I was like, no, <laughs> that doesn't sound fun. But, you know, I think I inherently, like you said, um, you know, grew up in an entrepreneurial family. We never really used that word. It was more just like having your own business. Um, and it's funny when I took uh, some time off university to actually pursue this opportunity called Heavy Industries, one of my good friends said to me, he's like, you know, I was always looking forward to you, you know, getting your degree in university, but I, something always told me you'd, you'd kind of stumble upon an opportunity and, you know, maybe not get through the four years and that behold was true. And I, I kind of gave him shit. I'm like, why, why are you telling me that now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, school was great. You know, a lot of, you know, just kind of growing up, moving out of a small town being in high school there to you know kind of I guess forming my own self or starting to uh, was a cool experience regardless so yeah yeah well you, you mentioned um kind of forming your own self um what, what sort of resources helped you along your way along your way when you uh kind of started your professional career man it's definitely I would say relationships and specifically like you know like Mentor would be a word that comes to mind and it would, I think a lot of people showed up in that, in those shoes. And I think it's, you know, from business partners that I have now to the past, um, you know, I definitely had a lot of business partners through the journey and, you know, friends, even employees, even clients for that matter. And I think the ones that probably stand out the most are the ones that, uh, you know, tell you what you need to hear. Versus, you know, you need a pat on the back every once in a while and say, you know, you're doing a great job. But sometimes you need people like, you know, get your head out of your ass. What are you worried about? <laughs> like, you should be maybe looking at this over here and, and kind of, you know, hearing that in the right dosage, I think, helps you grow. So I, I would say it's definitely like just related to different people that have helped me along the way and, and those relationships that are still intact today. Absolutely. Um, it's funny you mentioned um, kind of get your head out of your ass, um, kind of the struggles in the beginning or even still uh, running your own business. Obviously, we're in a pandemic. Um, things are constantly changing. Uh, we're in this new normal, if you will. Uh, but for you, Ryan, what's, what's been the biggest challenge for you, let's say, the last six, seven months? Oh, geez, this year has been a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just balancing everything, uh, family, you know, work. And then, you know, went from pretty good year to COVID hit and then a ton of uncertainty like everyone. And, you know, we, we all rolled our sleeves up and, and got through that. And it looks like we're going to have, to be honest, one of our best years ever, which is, I wouldn't have guessed that, um, not even close, you know, five months ago. So I think it's just balance, like, and working through that and knowing, knowing what you need to worry about and knowing who to trust and what you can kind of relax on, I think, too, and having a good team around you and family to, to lean on for, you know, the variety of things that might happen day to day. And that's what I love about what I do is every day is, 
usually vastly different from the last. Um, so it, it keeps it interesting and fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I love that. I love the fact that you said every day is different. I could totally relate to that. Every day is just different fire to put out. I just constantly firefighting. Um, but, but one thing you mentioned was balance. Uh, I always find this interesting topic to talk, talk about other business owners. Um, how do you, how do you find balance, work-life balance, personal work? Yeah. Everything. That's a great question. I don't know if I have that figured out yet, but I can do <laughs> my best to answer that. Uh, I think it's, you know, understanding where, where you offer the most value and your strengths and, and focusing on those, but even more importantly, knowing what, you aren't so great at and what you'll procrastinate on and, and surrounding yourself with good people that have, you know, a similar values and, and want to go the same place and can kind of pick up those pieces. And, and in fact, they voluntarily pick them up because they like doing them. So I think that's an important piece. I think for myself, like, you know, it's funny, I'm part of a business group and, and we've been doing, you know, monthly meetings with a bunch of entrepreneurs every month for, geez, it's been six years, I think now. And there's been a few times we brought in a medit, like a, a mediation person. Sorry, we meditated with uh, actually a, a monk one time and a few other facilitators. But I remember trying to meditate the first time and I was a nightmare. Like I was giggling like a two-year-old kid and I just couldn't focus. And you know, I'm better at it now, but I, I think my form of meditation is getting outside and, and like, you know, maybe fly fishing or dirt biking where you're just focused on one thing and your mind can't go wander all over the place. So traditional meditating doesn't work for me, but I find if I get out and do the things that allow me to chill out, it helps me come back with a refreshed, more calm look than kind of being too scattered. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Having that uh, place of separation where you could really recharge and un unplug. Yeah. And now with a family, it's uh, my wife's pretty good. She lets me do those things, even though um, it's, you know, it's tough to balance that family life with work life and find a little time for the boys to go play too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Off, off air, you mentioned you have a newborn. Um, yeah. Is, how, is that three children now? or how? how no, many? just first. First kid, I'm a late bloomer. Oh, first kid, um, okay. Yeah, Oliver's uh, coming on uh, ten months old here. So, oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> well, congrats. Um, yeah, thanks. Yeah, my my next question I wanted to ask you, Ryan, was what's what's maybe a unique skill? I know, I know you mentioned that you, you have a great design mind, and I can really visualize uh, different concepts. Um, mm -hmm. What's maybe one tactical or maybe even superpower you have that's helped you become so successful in your entrepreneurship and leadership uh, journey? Yeah. yeah, like it's it's relatable to, you know, looking at a problem or challenge a client might be having and, and helping solve that. And it's kind of evolved from, you know, looking at, maybe an, an artist, um, you know, with something challenging with their project and, and figuring out what their intent is. And I think it's evolved to, you know, kind of balance like a business challenge with ultimately what heavy brings to the table. And it's, it's really developing, um, you know, an experience piece that, that elevates a project, a development, a brand um, to, 
you know, ultimately enrich the lives of, of the people that are visiting that space. And so I think my superpower is, is being able to kind of listen to the different parties and even more than listen, like hear beneath what they're saying and understand what the problem is, understand how to turn maybe constraints into opportunities and then put the right team in place to, you know, to work through developing that with, you know, it might be an architect with a big idea, an artist, or it might be a developer saying, I want to, you know, build this grand, you know, differentiating piece in, in front of this building. Like it, it, our clients and our collaborators are always different. So I think that's my superpower is being able to hear and then put the right team in place to um, ultimately, you know, exceed expectations. And that's what we pride ourselves is, is building the best projects and ones that truly make a difference to not really like the developer, but to the people that are visiting that development. So. Absolutely. Yeah. What's, what's, uh, what's your favorite project thus far? I know it's kind of asking who's your favorite kid, but uh, what's your favorite uh, project that you've worked on? Man, that's a tough one. There's literally been thousands. <laughs> you know, like some from when I was literally on the tools, you know, in installing stuff. And, you know, back in the day, we were more cowboy style than sophisticated for sure. And we've moved into more, you know, we plan things. We don't just show up and try to figure it out on the fly. So I'd have to say it's, it's probably, um, probably two projects come to mind. There's one that we're working on right now and it's, uh, it's in Halifax. So it's, it's in development right now, but it's in the most amazing site. Like, I don't know if you've been to Halifax, but it's literally on um, a pier sitting out on the ocean on the waterfront in the main, you know, Halifax area. And so we're working with a pretty famous artist, um, and the developer is just a super passionate guy. So, you know, being able to kind of take his dreams and understand the legacy he's trying to leave and, and kind of, you know, I guess having that responsibility and, and, uh, you know, it's exciting to go through that process. We're involved a lot earlier than probably we are known to be. So it's exciting to kind of have that, uh, um, opportunity. And then the other one would, would probably be the, the piece in front of the bow tower, the wonderland sculpture. Um, and I would say it's, that would go deeper than just the piece that everyone sees just cause that was the TSN turning point of heavy of, of going from, you know, winging it uh, cowboy style out of the back of a pickup truck, like literally um, to, you know, we had to grow up and, and, you know, add a lot of process and sophistication and just revise the approach of how we took on projects. So we got that one done you know, with uh, a lot of tenacity, for sure, uh, a lot of challenges. And it's funny, we actually completed a very similar project in, in Los Angeles, California, with the same artist. And, you know, like, what's it been eight years or something like that? It just happened with a crew of like, three people. So it kind of goes to okay. show you, like, you know, the first one engulfed the company. And the second one was just one of 10 projects going on. So yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy to, to compare those two for sure. Wow. That's, uh, and that's a long winded answer. So. <laughs> no, no, I love that. I love that. I think that's amazing. Um, 
yeah, how'd you find that transition from kind of uh, cowboy style, like you mentioned, to like transitioning to more of a more mature company, just for some value to the listeners? Oh, hang on to the reins and uh, don't give up. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the, in some ways, it's a blur. There's certain parts of that journey that stick out, but yeah, I think, I think once you go through, you know, a maybe you have a breakthrough and you you come through a very challenging, stressful, you know, hair on fire situation. And when you come out the other side, I feel like that thickens your skin. But I I feel like you add a few of those experiences together and they almost culminate together. So the next time it happens, the wave's the same size, but it feels a lot smaller. Like, so um, I don't know how to answer that any better than that. (laughs) Unless we... Maybe over a few beers, it would get more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you grab some beer, yeah. definitely. Uh, if, you, if you had to, let's say, boil down maybe one key piece of advice um, you'd give to other entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs to really help them on their journey from what you learned through yours, um, what would you say that would be? Yeah, I, like I think it's relatable to some of the things I said, like, don't give up. Um, you know, even like you'll, you'll get a good break. You'll, one of those will hit you eventually. So, you know, keep gritting your teeth and hammer through and, and lean on those that are there to support you, but also tell you what you need to hear. Like, I think, you know, you know, maybe if you talk to your grandma, she'll be like, you're doing great and give you the pat on the back. And those are important too. But I think, you got to put the elephant on the table and deal with what with that. And because if you ignore it, the problem is going to get bigger or the elephant's going to be unmanageable. So yeah, never give up. Um, I think that's pretty common. Most entrepreneurs, you know, you might see on social media that, Oh, the guy bought a Lambo, but <laughs> yeah, cool. But what you don't see is all the crazy stuff that's happened in behind the scenes. And I don't know how many entrepreneurs, you know, in certain venues, you might share those stories, but a lot of times you just don't hear them, right? So, right, right. It reminds me of the quote I always hear: um, "It takes ten years to become an overnight success." So, yeah, what you see on social media is just the tip of the iceberg of probably years and years of hard work, dedication, sweat, tears, blood, all that, all the yeah. above. But uh, I've had my tears along the way. That's for sure. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Um, what's uh? What's maybe a common myth about leadership or entrepreneurship um, that you that you wish would be debunked? Huh? What is a common myth? Or maybe a myth that you you wish just would be debunked that you always hear or something that is a total misconception. I don't know if I have a specific answer about like a certain myth, but I like I could speak just you know my approach to leadership is it's kind of, you know, lead in whatever style it takes. And I think you got to adjust based on the situation, based on the audience. And sometimes that might even mean you're in, in the back seat, not driving and just, you know, got your sleeves rolled up and, and you're there just to support. And other times you might need to be, you know, your team might need you to be extremely decisive and make really tough decisions. So, you know, it's funny, 
the older you get, the the dumber you seem. Um, just because, you know, you didn't know what you didn't know when you're younger and you're full of piss and vinegar and ready to take on the world. But then as you start, you know, seeing the bigger picture and become more experienced, you start seeing what you don't know. And then you're like, oh my God, I got so much to learn. So it's a journey. Uh, yeah, so I, it's hard for me to think pretty authentic guy and what you see is what you get. So I don't know of any specific myths don't really come to mind to be honest, but that's my approach. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's funny. It's funny. You mentioned um, as you get older, you, you realize you don't know everything and you have to delegate yeah. and really <laughs> lean on the people around you. Um, are, are you much of a reader? Do you read much? Do you, are you more of a podcast listener? How, how do you really consume your content? And you know, I, I read a little bit, um, but it's usually quick, you know, little articles here and there. Um, stuff on, you know, LinkedIn that are industry specific. And then I, I listen, I, I sent, like I kind of said, one of my powers is listing. When I read a book, my mind wanders like crazy, but when I listen, it seems to sink in better. So um, yeah, actually a recent book I read, it's called the American Buffalo. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it by a guy named Steve Ranella. It's a pretty, um, pretty cool guy. Okay, I have to definitely add that to uh, to the book queue. Um, I, the name rings a bell, but uh, I'll definitely check it out. Um, so, how long have you been in Calgary for? You said a few a few decades now. I've been here since uh, actually moved here two thousand January. So oh wow! Been twenty two twenty one years. Wow! So I've spent most of my life in Calgary now. Just just kind of <laughs> moved into. Yeah, more time here than where I grew up. So, absolutely. How's uh, how's Calgary changed from when you first kind of got here to to where you are today? Yeah, I think it's kind of relatable to to Heavy's growth and change. Like, you think about Calgary, or when I think about Calgary when I moved here, it was like, you know, Alberta beef steakhouses everywhere and and Stampede. And the arts and culture, you know, you could find it in places, but it wasn't thriving like I think it is now. So like now, you know, the restaurant scene, it's extremely diverse. Even the architecture and some of the new buildings in the city and some of the upcoming buildings, like I think we're, I don't think we're yet a city on the, on kind of the global uh, top 10, but I think we're moving in that direction and it's, you know, it's fun to be, be uh, part of that and even just seeing how how much bigger the city is in the last 20 years is actually quite crazy yeah, so, yeah. it's definitely we become a more sophisticated city for sure yeah from uh alberta beef to to more yeah diverse, uh, <laughs> we have the best steakhouses in in canada to like okay well there's more than just steakhouses so. <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah um, I only have a couple more questions here for you, for you, Ryan. Um, what's, what's maybe, you, you say you're open book and I could feel the authenticity radiating off my Zoom, Zoom screen, but um, what's maybe one question that you never get asked that you wish you would be asked? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think, I don't know, I'm not big on, you know, talking about the weather or, you know how when you have a conversation with someone and it's like, oh, 
how's the weather there? And I, I have a hard time, I guess, having that same type of conversation with multiple people. And so kind of related to that, like you meet someone and they ask you what you do. And I don't remember the last time someone asked me, like, why do you do what you do? And like, I was thinking about, is that because everyone's just so busy, you know, running around on their phones, going from A to B, you know, dealing with family and childcare and all the rest of the stuff that happens in, in regular lives that you don't really have time to, you know, dig deeper than how's the weather and, you know, what do you do? So I've actually been in a funny way messing with people when they ask me what I do. I, I usually answer them with why I do what I do. And it kind of, at first it throws them off and then they're like, Oh, okay. So what do you do? <laughs> it's just a bit of an icebreaker to like maybe snap people out of that autopilot that, you know, I think you're trying to be pleasant in a start of a conversation and sometimes it just people are in autopilot because you're so busy thinking about what the next step is so um so anyway like why do i do what i do it's it's honestly like i i get off on a challenge um and you know that's evident in what we do it's every project's unique every project is permanently installed but most importantly like i want to make a difference and you know leave a mark and help people have you know, a, a more enriched life and, and a better time. And, and it's really through, you know, when, if you drive by the wonderland, like one of my favorite projects, you know, there's never a moment when someone isn't there experiencing that piece. And that, that's why I do what I do. It's, it's to really add value to, you know, the communities that we ultimately develop and install our pieces in. So, um, you know, when I drop that on someone, it, they, it <laughs> stops them dead in their tracks usually. So, <laughs> it's uh maybe it's a little bit mean but it's quite funny and i think it's memorable so i'm like whatever <laughs> absolutely <laughs> i love that i'm start. I'm, I'm gonna start using that too <laughs> um, but no i absolutely agree i could totally relate uh, i'm not much of a small talk how's the weather type of guy either i like to kind of have in-depth conversations really know what a person's about that's why i have a podcast but um no that's 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 really awesome that's, that's I think COVID's helped with that too, because there's definitely more intimacy with, you know, you can't get in and have a big shake and house party, which I love doing, but, um, you know, smaller groups and probably better relationships and more deeper conversations are happening. So it's not all as bad as the news is portraying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Don't, yeah. don't listen to the news all day. Definitely. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Where can our listeners connect with you online, Ryan? Uh, probably LinkedIn is the best way. Um, not huge into the other, uh, platforms. Basically, uh, more LinkedIn is, is the easiest way for sure. Cool. Yeah. I'll add to your LinkedIn, uh, profile to the podcast description so people could reach out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I appreciate you being on the podcast. Um, my last question to you, I like to end the podcast with the guessing, a quote question or a story to leave the audience, um, remembering them. So my last question to you, Ryan, is do you have a quote, question, or story to end the interview? Oh, geez. Um, I have actually a story comes to mind and it's relatable to that being tenacious, but maybe even, you know, putting your game face on. And I remember this time when heavy was had a lot of crazy things going on, some partnership changes 
Um, so, um, you know, we, if you didn't get the next job in the door, you weren't making payroll. And I, I remember vividly being out with some clients for lunch and these were new clients and they were about to sign a contract and get a start on a new job. And so, you know, on in one hand, I'm like super excited to get, you know, a new project and start it. But in the background, um, we needed that job desperately or, or we weren't making payroll. Like it was that like do or die. And I remember using my credit card to pay for lunch and the server very awkwardly saying, and I felt, I was like, I felt like I was sweating in my, in my jacket saying like, Oh, that got declined, sir. Do you have another card? And I remember handing her the second card and just hoping and praying <laughs> that that, that, that might, it was my personal debit card. And we were like scraping the bottom of the barrel for sure at that time. And the card went through and I got the contract. They literally gave me a deposit check and I drove straight to the bank to make payroll. And so I just think, you know, I'm God blessed that that payment went through and, and, but it's just put on your game face or your game face. Don't give up. And, you know, you'll get a good break along the way. And, and, you know, maybe indeed in that moment, I probably could have told the client because now they're actually pretty good friends and we, we laugh about that story and I kind of, give them shit uh, in a fun way. And, um, you know, that's what makes who you are. And, you know, when those moments are there, put your game face on and make it happen.